travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Welcome to Talk Travel Asia, episode 24. This one is traveling as a vegetarian in Asia. Um, you know, we didn't think of doing this until our guest really gave us the idea, and then it was obvious because it seems that vegetarianism is getting more popular by the year, and some vegetarians wonder, will they be able to stick to their non-meat diets while they travel in Asia? And the good news, it seems, is that it's very easy to enjoy incredible food throughout the region as you're a vegetarian, but you'll want to learn a few keywords to ensure cooks understand that you're a vegetarian so that you don't uh, fall off the vegetarian wagon. So from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, this is Scott Coates and my co-host. Hey, Scott. This is Trevor Ranges here in Bangkok, Thailand. You know, I thought we were going to talk about the fact that vegetarians can now marry one another. Well, I think that's the other podcast, right? Yeah, no. Uh, this is a great topic. You're right, because uh, I, hmm. I am a part-time vegetarian, and, and for reasons... Mostly because I love vegetables, and and I think that uh, mm -hmm. I mean some of it is about you know the food industry being maybe not the the most moral or sanitary industry, but also just because uh, vegetables are good for you and they taste really good, and uh, in Asia you can get all sorts of really great uh, fruits right on the street and vegetable dishes prepared in all sorts of interesting ways, and uh, and a lot of people are vegetarian, so I think they would be interested in this show. Yeah, well, I've known you for a long time, and I guess you can always learn more about people because I had no idea. So you said part-time vegetarian. What does that mean exactly? Well, I, again, like I, I just said that I, I love vegetables and I love fruits. Right. And, and I think it's just that, you know, I love to eat bacon as well, and I like a good <laughs> steak. But I don't necessarily think it's healthy to eat so much meat. And, and I do question the morality as a Buddhist of eating animals sometimes um, so for me personally the way I go about it is usually if there is a vegetarian dish or option that sounds as good as any meat dish on the menu that I'll go ahead and order that you know but but for travelers I would say just you know sometimes uh, the, the quality of the meat you get in some of the more remote areas if you're traveling off the beaten path like uh, they don't have good refrigeration in a lot of places right so sometimes it's just safer to, to eat vegetarian yeah and that's something we'll touch on in this episode of it is that I think we both run into those people that are not vegetarians at home but then they have it in their head that like oh I'm going to sketchy Asia I better not eat any meat so the whole time they're here they don't eat any and you know you're you've hit the nail on the head is that sometimes in rural conditions you don't know how long the meat's been around the flip side to that though is that you can get some some great meat in the rural areas if it's been freshly killed because that animal may have just been living in the field and be free range so yeah it's kind of a, a trick but it's definitely gotten more popular yeah, there's definitely some interesting things to talk about with that too, and I think we'll we'll touch on that. I have a friend who came here who didn't eat poultry because of the way the poultry industry treats uh, the the chickens in the U.S. But then you go to Cambodia and they're just running around until one day somebody just grabs them and, and ends up on your plate. You know, so those chickens lead a pretty good life over here. <laughs> um, but I think we'll talk about that here in a minute. 
Yeah, and I mean, I've had a good amount of experience while trying to get vegetarian cuisine when I used to lead people on trips. And it can be straightforward, but I mean, at times you definitely want to know, say, the word for vegetarian or how to say, like, I don't eat meat so that when you're, you know, you're ordering, you know that you're not going to get it. But also you got to be aware that, like, you know, it might end up with animal fats and the cooking oils or fish sauces and things. But anyway, um, that's that. Before we get too more into it, we want to thank our sponsor, and that's Greg's Bangkok. What is Greg's? Greg's Bangkok is an app for your smartphone that gives you little tours of different neighborhoods around the city of Bangkok. Mm. Yeah, it's really clever. And full disclosure, Greg's a friend, but he's a, he's a really innovative, approachable guy. And he has this app for the iPhone, and I think there's like 10 or 12 tours on it. Plug in your headphones and, and walk around. It's a pretty darn neat way to see areas and learn some stuff that you would literally only learn with a local that's switched on. And, and Greg is exactly like the guy he is. So it's pretty cool. If you want to pick it up, go to app.gregtodiffer.com, and that's in the show notes as well. So thanks very much to him. Uh, do you want to introduce our, our guest, Trevor? Sure, why not? Uh, Adam Platt-Hepworth is the owner of Grasshopper Adventures. He is mm. also a vegetarian, which is very convenient for today's episode. Um, yeah. He was a guest already on the show back on episode number eight when we talked about cycling in Southeast Asia. So not only is he an expert in cycling, he apparently is an expert in vegetables too. Yeah, and he gave us the idea to this. We sort of were like, hey, we're looking for some ideas, and he pitched it out, and then I remember at first just thinking, oh, I'm kind of surprised we didn't think of this ourselves. So anyway, uh, Adam, I believe you are in Cambodia. Are you not right now? Hi, Scott. Hi, Trevor. Yeah, that's right. I'm in Siem Reap in Cambodia. Uh, that's All right. Where I live. And, and how are things there? Is it super, super hot? It is super, super hot. Uh, 39 degrees uh, today and uh, not a wisp of wind. <laughs> but uh, thanks to a big gust of wind, we also have no electricity except for, uh, you know, generator power. So it looks like it's going to be like that for a week or so. Ooh, wow. Well, anyway, at least you got the internet and Skype to work. That's right. Yeah, well, let's just start with an easy one here. I mean, how long have you lived in Asia for those people that didn't hear you on episode eight? Sure, yeah, I've lived in Asia for about nine years now. Uh, mm -hmm. Two of those were pretty nomadic years. So uh, I was guiding bike tours all the time and I was right. uh, passing through Thailand, Laos, Vietnam, Cambodia, and other places. Um, okay. And then I sort of settled in Cambodia. I've lived in um, uh, I lived in Phnom Penh for a couple of years, and then I moved to Siem Reap, gradually downsizing. I'm not sure what comes after Siem Reap, but uh, somewhere in <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. And Adam, have, have, were you always a vegetarian before you came to Southeast Asia, or is this something that happened uh, while you were living over here? Um, yeah. Good question. Um, I often get asked that actually. Uh, uh, everybody assumes that I that I maybe became a vegetarian after walking through a few markets and seeing uh, and seeing racks of meat hanging up, but um, no, actually, I uh, my parents were macrobiotic, um, which uh, not many people may be aware of what that is. But uh, at the time, I guess I viewed it as some kind of diet cult, and uh, I resented mm. the whole thing heavily uh, <laughs> when I had to go to school with my thermos of uh, organic uh, salt-free uh, soup, but. Uh, you know, I'm very thankful for the for the health foundation that it's now provided me. But anyway, so um, by virtue of, uh, by, uh, by the nature of it, um, macrobiotics is vegetarian mostly. And um, so I'm, I've been a vegetarian most of my life. And technically I'm a vegetarian, so I eat fish. 
uh, on okay. occasion. But my preference is always just for vegetables and, and non-animal um, food. Uh, it just works better for me. Um, I experimented a little bit uh, late teens. I thought, that's it. I'm out of this, uh, this crazy um, uh, vegetarian uh, cult. I'm going to go and <laughs> eat sausage rolls and, uh, and mm. all sorts of meat that I could find. But it mostly just made me sick. So uh, I've reverted and uh, uh, well and truly vegetarian now. Veg so is that the official name for somebody that doesn't eat chicken and beef and things, but does eat fish? Yeah, well, uh, I've also heard it called pescatarian. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, whatever you want to call it, really. But it's interesting because in Cambodia, the Cambodian people get a majority of their protein from fish. So it's it sounds like you've picked the perfect place to be a vegequestrian. <laughs> I think that would be uh, a vegetarian who does tricks on horses, but um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. no, um, you're right. Yeah, Cambodia has a, a big fish culture, and it's in, over time. I guess uh, they've taken on a lot more uh, red meat. Um, obviously, as uh, as the uh, transport of food has become easier, but traditionally it was it was a very fish based diet. So there's a whole lot of dishes that um, are based around uh, freshwater fish, especially. Um, mm -hmm. and taste almost just as good when you remove the fish. So you've been a, a lifelong vegetarian and grew up in Australia, and now being in Asia for a long time, how has being a vegetarian in those two places differed? Or, I mean, is it different being a vegetarian in Asia versus back in your, your home country? Yeah, it is quite different. Um, I guess in Australia, um, you, you come across restaurants that uh, either really cater for vegetarians and go out of their way to be really creative to make different dishes uh, for vegetarians. And then you have the restaurants that have sort of one token item on the menu that uh, is for vegetarians and it's um, mm. usually pretty pretty boring. Um, in Asia you're sort of a little bit in between, you know. Um, uh, there's, there's pretty much always uh, something that you can create, uh, especially if you have a, a means by which to communicate, either through, you know, friend mm -hmm. an interpreter friend or something right um, and yeah so you have quite a lot of choice um, but I guess also uh, I eat pork accidentally more than I used to uh, because sometimes mm. it's hard to find the pork it's hard to identify uh, where it is <laughs> um, <laughs> you know it, it's it's a kind of gray color and it hides among vegetables and you don't really know what it is until you've eaten it uh, but mm. it, it doesn't bother me too much uh, the other mm. thing is that often the food's cheaper because uh, uh, menus tend to be priced around, you know, the ingredients and um, uh, and obviously meat is really uh, the most expensive ingredient in, in the dishes here. So uh, quite often I get a cheap meal while everybody else pays more. What do you find are kind of the good points of being a vegetarian in Asia and what are the, let's say, not so good or difficult points of being a vegetarian in Asia? Yeah, um, I guess the, the advantages are... Um, well, the perceived advantage in a way is that you don't get sick, you don't get food poisoning so much because you're not eating meat, you don't <laughs> yeah. have that risk. Um, and I guess there is, you know, I already mentioned the, the, the factor about the, the cost of the, of the food, uh, it's slightly cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the disadvantages are that sometimes you find yourself in maybe fairly remote areas and uh, uh, there might not be a whole lot of uh, tofu or... Um, or legumes or something for you to, to, to get some protein. Mm -hmm. So you find yourself eating a hell of a lot of egg. Um, now mm. that's okay for me, I love egg, but uh, it can get a little monotonous uh, if you're traveling you know, uh, in tribal areas and, and you may be out there for five days and, and breakfast an omelet and, and lunch is uh, an omelet and dinner is a, also an omelet. 
Uh, and maybe one, and sometimes depending on the seasons, you know, it's even a bit hard to get uh, certain vegetables. So you might be eating, um, <laughs> you know, a green stalky vegetable uh, for every meal. Um, but that's the extreme, you know, mostly you can, you can find a decent variety of vegetables. Mm. You know, I, I appreciate the fact, like you said, that occasionally you end up with some pork in your dish and, and you don't really freak out about it. And I think that's important that, uh, I mean, if people are very strict vegetarians, they might have some challenges traveling around Asia. Uh, I had a friend of a friend who was recently in town and it, it's always like equally entertaining and frustrating to, to watch a guy like this ask the some Thai guy who runs a street food stall if the sauce has any gluten in it. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> as if the street stall guy knows what fucking gluten is. Sorry, pardon my French, you know, but... Yeah, you're going to have to accept the fact, I think, in Southeast Asia that, you know, fish sauce, which they use as salt here, is going to find its way into some of those dishes. And uh, it's not necessarily easy to, to keep to a strict vegetarian diet, is it? Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, I mean, people really go out of their way to help you uh, if they can, if they understand what your requirement is. <clears throat> you know, a lot of these cultures, they actually have um, a vegetarian element. Uh, so some of them, uh, say, f for example, the Vietnamese uh, at certain times of the year, if uh, the Buddhist uh, Vietnamese would um, would stay off meat, you know, they might have a week without meat. Um, so they understand, you know, if you, if you say you're, you're vegetarian or you don't eat meat, they really try to help you out. But yeah, when it gets down to the sources, that's, that's really difficult. Hmm. Um, I find myself in, in situations like weddings where um, they've maybe forgotten that, I, that I'm not into meat and they didn't didn't really have much in the way of vegetables because uh, they're trying to show everyone that they can afford lots of meat at their wedding. And um, so then it gets a bit embarrassing because there's all these people fussing over you, trying to serve you, or trying to find vegetables and egg and so on for you. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well, I know that you travel extensively and in, in throughout Asia with your business and whatnot. What countries in the region do you find are kind of the best and worst to travel as a vegetarian? Yeah. Um, the best would be probably a, a toss-up between Indonesia um, because of their, their tempeh and, uh, funny enough, Myanmar. Um, hmm. And, uh, uh, yeah, the reason for that actually is that a typical Burma restaurant, um, a Burmese restaurant, um, is centered around sort of a few curries that they cook in the morning and, and then they're ready-made, they sit there during the day. Uh, you usually would choose, say, a chicken curry or a fish curry or a beef curry and then... To accompany that, they usually bring out uh, an assortment of side dishes. And those side dishes for a vegetarian, that's where the action is. Uh, we're talking, you know, mm. some really nice legumes, pickles, a great range of uh, vegetables. And um, so really, you could just make a meal out of the side dishes. And, and I, I've actually encountered a situation where uh, after eating three times at a restaurant and having to choose, you know, like a fish curry each time just to get my side dishes, um, I realized that it was actually cheaper be, uh, than ordering just the side dishes, something to do with the pricing structure. Hmm. But um, they, they looked at me a bit funny because every night I'd sort of walk away with the, the curry untouched, but uh, I would have polished off all the side dishes. <laughs> yeah. the, um, the hardest out of the region, I guess, um, certainly the region uh, as, as travelled by me, uh, would be China. Okay. Um, I guess at times, um, uh, sometimes they're not the most patient, um, and so while you're trying to explain in, in your like, terrible Mandarin uh, 
you know, that you don't eat meat, uh, they get a little impatient. Um, when, the, when the food does eventually come and if it has pork in it, uh, you might say to them, well, um, there's, there's pork in this food. And, uh, you know, the grumpy matriarch of the restaurant might say, uh, no, not, not meat, uh, pork. And uh, <laughs> so then you have this little debate about, you know, whether pork's meat or not. Uh, she doesn't regard it as meat. Yeah, but aside from that, you know, Southeast Asia is great. It's, it's really easy across the board. You know what I liked about China was that they, they're really good at, at cooking eggplant. I, I've had some of the best eggplant dishes mm. I've ever eaten in China. Did you find that to be true? Did you discover any good eggplant dishes when you were there? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's a, there's a whole lot of um, uh, vegetables, I guess, that you can get in China that you can't get in Southeast Asia, so it opens up a whole lot of options. But certainly eggplant um, is, is one of them, that deep purple uh, eggplant with heaps of garlic. Yeah, it's a really nice dish. Yeah, yeah, sweet. And then I was just going to mention that uh, here in Thailand, uh, the, the Thai word for vegetarian is J, and J means you eat vegetarian. And like you were saying, in Vietnam, they have a, a time of year where they only eat vegetarian dishes, which is like a Chinese ancestry kind of thing here in Thailand. But but it is possible to, to order J dishes in, in Thailand. And again, you never know with some of the sauces, but uh, I, I find Thailand to be fairly vegetarian friendly for travelers. So Adam, I mean, you go to all these places and I mean, you go to big cities, you go to little villages. What are some things that you think people should keep in mind in general, when they're traveling in Asia and trying to maintain a vegetable. Yeah, I would, um, I would probably just say that uh, the first thing to do is learn how to say uh, without meat, you know. So sometimes, uh, as Trevor said, you, there's mm. the term J in, in Thai, and uh, that's actually a term in Vietnam as well. Uh, they have Kum uh, J, which is a vegetarian buffet. Mm. But uh, oh. sometimes if you tell a Thai person that you're J, that, that means that you eat like strict vegetarian really strict vegetarian so um if, if you just right. say if learn if you learn to say in that language without meat you can you can pick a dish off the menu that looks decent and you can say without meat and that'll that'll get you by um but just the other thing i mean mm. in terms of setting your own expectations you you can't expect everywhere for there to be um you know lots of tofu and tempeh and different things uh, different sources of protein so you sort of have to be prepared that uh, when you're a long way um, from civilization, if you're going uh, trekking or something, yeah, you might be eating a lot of those eggs that I keep talking about. Or rice and bananas. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I love bananas. Yeah. yeah, They're always a good backup. Do you, do you think it's, uh, should people be like, I, I appreciate that if you're vegetarian, you don't want any contact with meat, but do you think, like I know, we hang out personally and I know you're pretty easy going about it, but do you think that people have a bit of a responsibility to be a little bit more casual about perhaps a little fish sauce or maybe the only place to get food cooked a chicken dish right before the wok was used to cook yours? Like, do you think the traveler has that obligation? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's essential. I mean, you, <laughs> you're just not going to enjoy yourself if you, if you come in with the expectation that, uh, people are going to understand your priorities in that regard. Um, I, I would say just be uh, be happy with uh, being able to have a, a meal that doesn't contain meat, uh, mm. contains some great vegetables. You know, that's that's pretty much good enough. I guess uh, also um, sometimes if you find yourself in, in a, a kitchen environment, it's great because you can actually 
go and point to things that you want. Right. Um, that's that's going to make everything a whole lot easier than trying to explain it through uh, menus and, and, and uh, poor language skills. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great advice. And you know, again, I'm not a vegetarian, so I mean, I can't fully appreciate. But it, it was a few times where where I you know was out with people and thought they just pushed it a bit too hard. And you know, I remember one they asked the person to clean the walk a second and then wanted a third time. And it's kind of like, man, like if you're that serious about it now, then now the obligation falls on you. So you sound really easy going about it, which which I think's the way forward. So, you know, for our listeners, what are some of the favorite actual dishes you have in the region that you recommend people uh, need to make sure they try when they're... Yeah, sure. Well, um, that's a great question. I could go on about that for a long time, but uh, I'll keep it brief. Um, <laughs> so I guess in my home, uh, my adopted home country of Cambodia, um, anybody who's been here would know the uh, amok, fish amok is, is a mm. kind of popular dish. Um, yeah. But actually there's a much better dish, uh, in my opinion, and it's called uh, Samlor Koko. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a kind of, um, it has a bit of a bitter taste to it. It has uh, quite a lot of pumpkin in it and green leaves. And usually it has fish. But if you just ask them to take the fish out or, you know, not prepare it with fish, it's a, it's a really delicious dish. And it's uh, something about that dish um, is just perfect for a hot climate. It just, um, it's easy to digest and you can feel that it's just got the right balance of ingredients in it. So that's, um, that's Cambodia. Um, I'd say that any dish that involves tempeh, uh, if you don't know tempeh, it's a traditional Indonesian food uh, that's made out of soybeans uh, and, uh, and a culture. Um, and so uh, you, the fresher the tempeh, the better. Um, across Indonesia, some of Malaysia, you'll find tempeh. And uh, it's often considered as a um, somewhat a poor man's food. So uh, at some of the cheaper eateries, you know, the, um, the point and pick uh, kind of eateries on the side of the road, you'll find lots of tempeh and it mm. can be. Yeah, it's great. I got to, sorry to interrupt. I just came back from Bali and, and one of the things I love about going to Indonesia is eating tempeh. It's, it's great. Yeah. yeah. And it can be fried and heavily marinated or lightly marinated or, you know, made up into a curry. It's just fantastic stuff. Um, for vegetarians, there's not much better uh, protein source. How about, uh, oh, sorry. I was wondering, like, how about a standout dish in Vietnam and say one in Thailand or Laos? Or... Sure. So uh, a Thai, in Thailand, I would say that uh, all-time favorite is the green curry. And uh, mm. a green curry with tofu is, is really good. Something about the length of time that they cook it, the tofu absorbs all the, uh, all the flavor. It's great. Um, in, Vietnam, in, in Vietnam, I would say that uh, the, the mock meat that the, uh, that the Buddhists uh, prepare uh, during their, their vegetarian week they, they just get so creative about that. I couldn't pinpoint one exact dish, uh, but maybe the fake duck <laughs> without knowing fake what duck. actual duck tastes like. Uh, fake duck is really <laughs> delicious. And Lao, um, yeah, look, it's, it's a kind of simple dish that, wow. that does it for me in Lao. It's, um, it's pumpkin, which is one of my all-time favorite vegetables, and uh, made with uh, chicken egg. Uh, they kind of just mm. wok it together. Um, the, the pumpkin actually... Uh, that, I don't know, you, you speak a little bit of Lao, uh, Scott? Um, uh, yeah, I guess it's similar enough to Thai, but yeah. yeah. It's, uh, so Thai, uh, yeah, Thai people call it Phuc Tong. Uh, I'm told that in Lao, the, the word, unless they're having a laugh at me, is uh, Muk Phuc. So uh, uh, yeah, I just go around Lao ordering uh, Muk Phuc and egg. <laughs> Muk Phuc. 
But you know, <laughs> that's a good thing to point out because I love the the pumpkin here, and it's not like a big orange pumpkin like you have uh, in North America. And one of the cool things I like, again, as a person who enjoys eating fruits and vegetables, is that there there are some amazing there's an amazing variety of fruits and vegetables here. And, and a lot of like the mangoes taste a bit different from the mangoes in Hawaii and the, the pumpkins taste a bit different from the pumpkins. It's more like a sweet potato. It's like a mixture between a sweet potato and, and a pumpkin. So I think for vegetarians, it's, it's great yeah, to explore sure. with all the different types yeah. of foods you can have here. Yeah. Well, do you think, I mean, we've gotten some of your favorite foods now and we sort of touched on this earlier in the conversation, but as a guy who actually leads people on trips and sends people on trips, do you think that, people that aren't vegetarians i mean are they are they being smart when they come to asia and they're not eating meat or um look i don't know about that i think uh i i see the logic you know i see that people say oh well you know um the hygiene practices around handling food here uh, it's a little riskier eating meat um and i guess that there's uh, um, some weight in that um i've taken a lot of people on on tour i guess and uh I have seen a lot of cases of viral gastro, but I've seen very few cases <laughs> of, of serious food poisoning. Um, and uh, the only couple of cases that come to mind were uh, were really kind of predictable in a way almost. Um, I think if, you, if you're going to local restaurants where uh, there's high turnover of food, there's a lot of customers, um, they maybe don't have much refrigeration, that means that they're just buying stuff from the market, getting it into the wok and getting it onto your plate, that's great. Um, you know, your, your risk levels are pretty low. Um, but if you go into one of these restaurants that sort of doesn't have many customers, has a big refrigerator sitting there, um, there's a fair chance that the meat's uh, been around a while, the chicken or whatever. And uh, there might have been a few power outages and, uh, you know, that might have had an effect on it. So um, I think it's really about where you eat more than, than what you eat in a way. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, to... To uh, be honest with you, occasionally I, I even eat a little free-range village chicken, uh, mostly mostly to appease my wife. But uh, it's fantastic chicken. I think Trevor was talking about that earlier. Yeah, it's funny because I was saying my friend, she uh, didn't eat chicken in the U.S. because of the chicken farms. But then I showed her, I'm like, hey, chickens in Cambodia, they're just running around their whole lives until one day somebody grabs them. And, and you, you got to wait a little while because they, they literally have to pluck the chicken and, and that takes quite a bit of time. Um, but the, the food is definitely fresh. Uh, it's fresher over here for the most part than it is in, in the West where all of your meat or all of your vegetables even are, are coming from these huge farms and get it put on big trucks and you don't know where the stuff comes from you know yeah sure it has to come a long way to get to you yeah yeah well adam maybe maybe for a final question before we let you go are there any websites or online sources that you really think are good uh for people that are vegetarians to kind of get the skinny on where to eat in the region well yeah um you know there should be uh i'm not actually aware of that many uh websites that um you know, that, that sort of address that specific topic. I, I imagine there probably are, but if there's not, there, there certainly should be. I imagine, um, you know, uh, a site with different kinds of uh, dishes in each country would be really useful. But actually the site or the app that has been um, uh, really valuable to me uh, in recent years is Google Translate <laughs> because I can oh, go really? anywhere okay, and I can yeah. kind of get the point across that uh, I don't really want to eat meat uh, in any language. I just type it in and there we go. 
Yeah, that, that's that's sweet, man, because I'm sure there are, and obviously people listening now know we don't give our, our guests all the questions beforehand, but yeah, the Google Translate, exactly, right? If you have that, then you can find out how to say without need anywhere you go. Well, that's that's pretty darn cool. Yeah, but maybe in the show notes, because I, uh, when we were brainstorming the idea, right. I wrote down one or two vegetarian mm. restaurants that I enjoy in the region. So maybe, Adam, uh, you can give us a couple of uh, recommendations once we're off the air, and uh, people can go to our show notes and see recommendations from all three of us yeah. on uh, places Great to idea. get some good vegetarian food in the region. Cool. Well, thanks so much for giving us your time, Adam. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, a great info and uh, fun to talk to you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good to talk. Hey, Scott, that was a pretty fun episode. Uh, but now that Adam's left us, I just realized that we didn't ask him about whether or not he eats bugs. And if he doesn't, is it because he's a vegetarian or because most Western people don't really think about eating bugs, even though that's kind of a common thing to do around here? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I mean, they're hugely popular in Thailand and other parts of Asia and apparently super high in protein. So, I mean, I guess it would A, be a factor. Can you wrap your head around eating bugs? And then B, do you not, are you a vegetarian because you don't like the idea of, you know, eating uh, another being that was living? And I guess if if the, the living being thing isn't a factor, then actually certain parts of Asia could be fantastic if you could eat the bugs because you'd get some really serious. Yeah, you know, and, and again, like we went to, uh, when you and I hung out in Phnom Penh over mm-hmm. Christmas holiday, uh, there was like beef with red ants, I think, on the menu, yeah, or red yeah. ant eggs or something like that. And of course, yeah. if you're a vegetarian, you're not going to eat the beef. You could be like, hey, I'll have the beef with red ants, but, but without the beef. No beef, just the, the red ants. Yeah, and I've seen bamboo worms on a, on a few menu dishes and stuff. And uh, I've seen little, you get spiders in Cambodia. You get the bug carts everywhere in Thailand, right? With crickets and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I think we're getting off topic here a bit. But, um, you know, that, that's just the, it's, it's a totally different cuisine in the region, I think is our point. And uh, if you're a vegetarian, there's some great options. Uh, if you're not a vegetarian or you're like me, you're a part-time vegetarian, you have uh, even more options, uh, obviously. Yeah, I think it's a snap to be a vegetarian and travel Asia. And like Adam said, I mean, not that money's the guiding factor, but A, you're going to save money. And and meats are, are pretty prized. And people will probably be quite happy if you're like, ooh, you know what? Like, make that, just don't throw any meat in it. So I think the only thing is 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 you've got to be willing to be okay with the wok being a wok that could have just cooked pork or beef right before you. And maybe, who knows, there, there might be some fish sauce or something. So as long as you, you come over here and you're okay with that, then it's, it's super easy to have an incredible array of food without meat put in. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I think you do need to, to be open-minded. Uh, you have to realize that, you know, if you want your gluten on the side, it, it's not necessarily <laughs> going to happen for you so easily. You need to realize. Otherwise, uh, I think that the trick is, which we didn't talk about, I mean, I joked about the bananas and the rice a bit, um, but it, it is really easy to get fruit. Uh, on the street, at least here in Thailand. And there's markets that sell fruit in in a lot of the main cities around the region. And something that I do is I'll I'll pick up some bananas or some some oranges or something in a town before I get on a bus. Because if you're going to sit on a bus for eight hours, that bus is going to stop in some little roadside uh, Mm -hmm. restaurant. And your options there are going to be really limited. But if you bring some bananas with you, if you bring some oranges with you, uh, you know, you can kind of tie yourself over. And and rice is a staple too, you know, like you can just 
get some vegetables, some beans, and some rice, and uh, you know, I think it's okay. I think uh, you get some really good dishes here in Asia. I think you probably get even better vegetarian dishes here in Asia than you would going to Oklahoma or something. I don't know. I've never been there. Yeah, so I've never eaten in Oklahoma, but uh, yeah, on that note, I mean, great place to have vegetarian cuisine. Come to Asia. All this talk of food has made me want to go out and eat, and I am going to eat meat, be it chicken or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm having salmon for dinner tonight. Oh, nice. Good one. Okay. Anyway, from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, this is Scott Coates saying thank you so much. Farewell. Thanks for joining me again, Scott. Uh, it was yeah. great to have Adam on again. This is Trevor Ranges from Bangkok, Thailand, and we will see you all in two weeks. Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey, Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Angkor Thom and 